Welcome to the Honeycomb Podcast with Sydney and Tacey. We can't wait to chat with you. Hi, guys. We are so excited to be recording another episode for you all today. We are going to be doing the second part of our Q&A episode. We have a lot of fun questions that we are excited to answer. So, yeah, we can just get started whenever you're ready, Sid. It's going to be a blast. Um, grab a snack. Grab a drink. Maybe if you listen to this on your drive, um, <laughs> sit back, relax in your car. Be safe, though, because... We want you all to be safe and happy and healthy, Um, but we're so excited to chat with you, and I guess we'll just jump right in. So, Tace, what has been your favorite college memory so far? Oh my gosh, I just geek out at this question because there's honestly so many, and I'm so excited to go back for the spring semester. Um, I honestly need to kind of think. I didn't really think about this before when we were looking over these questions. Um, I think like just through what college has brought, this wasn't something that happened at CSU, but in um, January of 2019 and 2020, um, I was able to go to SMC. I know you were there last year, Sid. Um, and I am so sad that I wasn't able to go this year, but it's happening right now. And I've, been loving watching the live streams. It's a faith conference through um, our on-campus ministry, or not ours, but like the on-campus ministry that we both attend called STUMO, um, and it's their college faith conference every year at the start of the new year, and it's with a ton of other colleges that have STUMO as well, and the first year um, was when I decided to really follow Jesus, um, and then just coming back a second year was so much fun. It's just like worship, and so many different main sessions with all of your college best friends and just learning so much about the Lord. And then there's like nightlife and everyone stays up so late, you play games. I don't know. It's just so fun that to me thinking that college could bring such cool opportunities. So I definitely would say SMC. They were just some of the best memories literally of my life in general, I would say. So yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of other ones right now, but what about you, Sid? Um, I have like two that I can't, like, they're both uniquely different, but so abundantly my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I would have to say, um, when I found out who my big was, um, Mm -hmm. was probably like, I could cry talking about it. Um, that was one of my favorite moments because I... Um, if you don't know much about like sorority, big little stuff, it's like this whole big reveal. And when my PC went through it, um, PC 19 and Gamma Phi Beta, we, um, got a big like classroom conference room kind of thing. And all of our bigs were wrapped in a different wrapping paper. And we got our shirts or whatever our bigs wanted us to wear. And so we unwrapped that and then we had to go find them in the matching wrapping paper. And so we went in and like, we're all standing in front of our quote unquote, like gift. It was um, just one of the sweetest moments ever, like unwrapping Allie. Um, And for those of you who have the pleasure of knowing and loving Allie, Um, that was just one of the most joyful moments and like the Holy Spirit was there. God was there and just like 
starting that relationship um, with such like a joyful holy presence was so sweet and made me like so emotional with like this love and joy and I just think back to that and I'm like that was like a slice of heaven like that is what the joy like it just a little bit of the joy I'm thinking of that we'll experience like in heaven and so like it really just is so sweet and she's incredible and I'm so thankful for her and our sweet relationship and like she is truly like one of my best friends Mm. so I'm so thankful for her and our relationship but I just loved that moment um and also just all of the bible studies um we've had with um girls from our sorority and just like meeting up with them every week and getting to catch up and really just be in community is another memory I look forward to um each week and each semester I love it so sweet and we love you Allie um on the topic of college there is another question um how do you allow God to take control over academics like grades and classes Sid do you want to speak to this a little bit first yes first of all um in no way shape or form do we have this figured out I don't have this figured out um we're still working on it each and every day Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the biggest things that I have really processed with the Lord, just stepping into college and even, um, being a freshman and coming from a place in high school where I was very performance minded, perfectionism was definitely something that I have struggled with and continue to struggle with. And so, that just translates over into academics. Um, And if you struggle with that too, um, then just know that you're not alone. And it's something every semester, I kind of have to sit with the Lord and reprocess and find a new rhythm because each semester is different. Um, And, you know, you have a different schedule, you have different classes, um, you're going different places and especially with what college looks like right now, um, with a lot of classes online, that's been shifted even more. Um, and I've just had to give God the control I thought I had when in reality, I never really even had control. I just, with my perfectionism, trick myself into thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in control of my schedule and like all these things that I'm doing when in reality, when I just let go and focus on my relationship with God first versus like, oh my gosh, I have to study for this test so that I can get an A. And I'm the type of person, I don't know if you're this way, if you're listening. Um, and I know Tayson and I have talked about this before, but even during finals this past semester, like I'm the type of person that before a final or a big paper, like I will calculate in my head like exactly what I have to get on that paper to like maintain my grade or like get a better grade than I already have. And that's just very performance based. And a lot of the time the enemy tricks me into thinking like, oh my gosh, you're a perfectionist. You you want to perform and do X, Y, and Z all the time in 
the way that like my expectations for myself allow for when in reality God has given me a spirit of excellence and so really just going into this semester um, and even this year of school in 2021 um, something that I'm looking at when it comes to how do you allow God to take control over academics is focusing on what gifts God has given me to excel. Um, He's given me the spirit of excellence, so therefore I can worship him and glorify him through the spirit, through the gifts that he's given me of working hard and being diligent and really loving to learn. Like I think that that's a quality he's given a lot of people um, and just something that a lot of college students have. And I see that passion, the drive to really learn and soak up information. And so focusing on school more so as this is a season of my life that I'm not going to be in forever. Um, And I don't want to look back on college and think about, oh my gosh, look how much I grew with all of my academics and look how much I controlled everything and look how much I did X, Y, and Z. Um, I want to look back and say, look at how God and I walked through these semesters together. Look how um, I walked with my Heavenly Father um, in community with other believers, with non-believers, really just having the mindset of God is in control, and that gives me the peace to know that I can do the best I can do in school and then lay everything down to him um, and not focus on grades. Like, yes, there's a a practicality that is important. Like, yes, it's kind of a thing we all want to do well and like do our best, um, but really just setting ourselves up for success and not regression. Um, Like we want to progress, not in the sense of performance, but progressing in the sense of, okay, how am I taking my school and academic life and making sure it's in line with what what God is putting on your heart? And so, now it's good to do well. Make sure that, you know, even this next semester, um, you know, you're studying, go hang out with friends and study or go to a coffee shop and meet up with someone and Um, my friends and I like to do a little like debrief of our week or just catch up, do a little devotional and then really just grind out school. Um, and that's another great thing is, you know, even with online school and everything, um, God can still be present in that and God is present where you are and the Holy Spirit's inside of you. So wherever you go, God's there. Um, and I think it's, um, just such an incredible opportunity to, focus on God um, rather than grades and classes, which ultimately are things we're doing right now. Um, But looking back, um, talking to my parents or just older adults I look up to, they don't really ever get asked about their college GPA or the grades that they got in their classes. Yes, those things are important, like for this time in our lives. Um, It's good to do your best, but um, just remembering that God is ultimately ultimate and not making classes or grades or school ultimately ultimate. Um, 
I feel like that was a tangent and I went on. Um, Taste, do you have anything to add? No, that was so good, Sid. Um, yeah, just something that came to mind, which also kind of goes along with another question we have. But um, this is something I really have to just sit with the Lord with and honestly just check myself in is like the wrestle between, okay, God, like you've given me school as an opportunity and a, and a gift. So I want to steward what you've given me well and know that, yeah, like it is an investment. You're paying money to like a lot of money to be able to be at a university and all these things. So it's like, okay, what's the fine line of being careless, you know, and being like, oh, my grades don't matter in heaven, which amen, they don't like they really don't. That is not what defines anyone. But then also being like, okay, I don't want to take that to the extreme of not caring, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think that in order to find that balance in that wrestle is really just asking myself, okay, Tacey, where does your identity lie? Because God has given you this. You should work hard. You know, you are able to work hard. Like Sydney said, the spirit of excellence or just the desire to learn. I definitely think school's also always been something that I've honestly been very passionate about. And I think that's what's led me to desire to get good grades. Um, But as soon as I'm putting my character or my identity on the line and letting the enemy feed me those lies about if I don't do as well as again my expectations of myself that is not at all what should be what I should be feeding myself like those lies should not be being fed to me so I think when I recognize that is when I take a step back and I'm like okay God like you see that I'm doing my best I know that I'm doing my best and that is really all that matters at the end of the day no matter what the GPA looks like and honestly even in the days where I'm like I didn't do my best, but God was present here, 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 here with this person or with my time of rest, maybe like a Sabbath day where I'm like, I am not doing any school and kind of surrendering that control of like, I could do school and could get this grade or no, I could spend time with Jesus. I could be in fellowship and knowing that God cares about every part of our lives. So he doesn't just expect, I mean, he never expects perfection and that's what Jesus came to do. But like, Really, I I put those expectations on myself, but knowing that God just doesn't because he cares about every part of my life is very freeing to me. Um, And I think this kind of goes into the question of how do we manage school, social life, and discipling others um, while in college? And I just want to kind of transition to this as well in what is feeding you because I really had asked myself this question last semester as well. So maybe for school, you're only being fed by just strenuous hours of studying or, again, finding your identity and what your GPA might be or what your teachers might think of you um, or what parents and other people in your life that you look up to that maybe are placing those unrealistic expectations on you or even in good things like fellowship and social life, I started to only be fed by other people's revelations and other people's relationships with the Lord. And although it is so important to be pouring into one another as believers and to be um, not neglecting our time together and spurring one another on in acts of love and good works, as it says in Hebrews 10, like God cares so much about us gathering and fellowship. But I realized I was neglecting my alone time with God and my own friendship and relationship with the Lord by being so eager to um, being fed by a good thing, you know, it can be kind of deceiving because 
fellowship is such a good thing, but I really had to take a step back um, and realize what was feeding me, whether it was spiritually, mentally, socially, all the things. Um, And then with discipling others, I think that essentially to share faith and seek to be a disciple maker, that comes from your, like an outpour of your love for Jesus and of what he's done in your life. And I mean, it is a commandment to share the good news, but um, we can't be pouring from an empty cup. So again, if those initial Mm -hmm. things are in check of how we're balancing our time with the Lord, how we're balancing time with other believers, non-believers, how we're balancing school and work, I think that um, then the discipline aspect becomes what God intended it to be. And then it doesn't become um, a task or a performance mentality based thing, but it really becomes um, the heart posture that God designed it to be. So yeah, that's what I would say about that. What about you, Sid? Mm, Chase, I just love what you said. And I think that'll just speak speaks into my heart and I hope it speaks into your hearts um, for those of you sweet honeybees that are listening. Um, I guess when I think of how do I manage school, social life, and discipling others um, in college, I don't know. That's something that I'm still trying to navigate. Again, in every semester, that is different. Um, And I feel like even in this past year of college, um, even last semester, it's been really difficult for me to find a new rhythm every semester. But I truly have um, come to the revelation that that is a gift from God, that as the seasons change, he remains the same. Like, even though my schedule changes, um, relationships and intimacy with friends might change, um, different activities in my life that I once was doing, I might have a different schedule that allows me more time or less time with those things. And so knowing that, like, God is steadfast through all of that. And I might look like basically a chicken without a head most of the time during school, like doing 5 million things and having a schedule that is honestly insane, but such a gift um, because time is a gift from God. And so with school and social life and discipling others, um, just like Tacey said, like making sure that, you know, our hearts are in line with God, not with ourselves. And so I could have a whole plan for this next semester and what I want to do and um, the things that I, you know, have in my flesh and my will that I want to do. And, oh, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to do this. But if that's something that God's calling me to um, and we are saved. So therefore we should share like that is good news. That is a good thing. So coming to a point where, you know, we can just not only check our motives and check our hearts for how we're managing those things. Even the word in that question, 
manage, I think, um, is who, who do you give, um, your praise and your worship to? Are you praising and worshiping yourself for how well you manage your schedule for this busy week? Or are you giving your praise and your worship to your heavenly father who, who blessed you with the sweet friends you got to go get coffee with, um, who blessed you with the girls in your life that God has brought for you to walk alongside them, meet them where they're at, and really help them cultivate a relationship with God and with fellow believers and sisters in Christ, that then therefore God is directly praised through that relationship. And where, you know, your class schedule might be busy that week, but you praise God for the grace that he gave you to get through that. Not praising ourselves or saying, oh my gosh, like I'm so happy and like proud of myself um, that I had the best time management and I just got snappy, snappy, all these things done this week. It's really just that heart posture um, shift. And I think that's something obviously that I continue to work on and grow each and every semester as it looks different, as my relationships kind of shift and change and grow. And God really brings new things into fruition and flourishes new things in my heart. Um, so I would encourage you guys listening, um, to really just sit with God before the beginning of the semester and, um, write out some practical ways, um, that you can let go of control, um, for this next semester. There's a lot of unknowns still in the world. We never know what, um, tomorrow will bring. I don't even know what my evening looks like tonight. Like we don't see into the future. Um, God knows everything past, present, future. Um, so just let him be your guiding light, your guiding force for this next semester. Um, and know that although it is a struggle and it is hard, um, and frustrating at times not to know, um, but God has all the answers. Um, he's walking with you and ultimately he just wants our hearts. So God really just looks at our hearts and, um, you know, he sees you for, you and who he's created you to be. So um, I just encourage you to step into that this next semester. And we'd love to hear what you guys are up to next semester. Um, all the things we'd love to connect with you guys more. Um, and you're more than welcome to send us an email or a DM or even text us and know that we are praying for you all. Um, and God, I just fully believe that God has a word, um, to just deliver to you and your heart, um, today as you're listening to this, um, this might be a longer episode, so maybe I have to split it up into multiple days or multiple times, but, um, just, just lean in. Um, I just want to encourage you to lean in, especially this next semester with school, if you are in college. Um, or if you're working, or whatever that looks like for you in this season, um, lean into your Heavenly Father, and um, He will just do more um, in your life and in your heart than you could ever imagine. Um, So, Tace, I think a question that 
just um, jumps off of that is what is the best thing and hardest thing about following Jesus? Oh boy, we're getting deep real quick. Um, yes. Before I answer this, which this can kind of go off of this, but um, as you were talking, Sid, I just thought of something about um, really just constantly giving thanks to the Lord, like you're talking about, and constantly um, letting our praise be directed towards Him and not towards ourselves or others. I think that what's just so cool and loving about our God is that He wants us to have the confidence in who He's created us to be so that we can declare declare truths and um, his promises over our life, um, so that self-condemnation is not a thing that is not from him, that is from the enemy. So just rejoicing in who he is, even all the more shows who he says we are, which is just like the coolest thing ever. So I don't know, I just want to encourage everyone in that, in praising him to be reminded of who he says we are. And like, that's why we should give him praise even more because of who he says we are when if we don't feel like those things are true or we feel like we haven't lived up to that, just remembering the cross and what Jesus did is finished. And therefore we can continue to walk in those truths, no matter how much we mess up or fall short, like he already knows. And so just encouraging you all in that as well into this next semester. But um, I think then leaning into what is the best thing and hardest thing about following Jesus. Um, well, I feel like in general, persecution is just such a real thing. Um, it's been real since Jesus was walking the earth. Like no one, not everyone um, either believed that he was the Messiah or they thought that people following him and listening to him were crazy. They were ridiculed, killed, mocked, beaten, like legit just terrible things of believing in the son that took away the sins of the world. Like I just can't even fathom that. Um, but it's also cool that even though persecution is hard from a worldly perspective of maybe being condemned for your faith or being judged for your faith or relationships being different because you follow Jesus or maybe because you've come to Christ and now your life looks different than it looked before. I mean, I know Sid and I have both walked through that and will continue to walk through that as God reveals more to us in our relationship with him. But to remember that persecution is actually a promise in the Bible that um, the world or other people hate us first or hate, hated Jesus first. That's why they would hate us. And it's just like, to remember what God did for us what God sent his son to do. I think that that can also be the best thing about following Jesus too is persecution. Again, like I said, from an earthly, worldly, fleshly perspective of, you know, feeling that burden that maybe other people might put on us or the judgment. Um, but it's also like what a glorious thing it is that our heavenly father just looks at us so just proud that we are willing to be persecuted or we're willing to be bold in our faith. I think God also uses that all the more. Um, and just God's promises. I mean, there's just too many good things about following Jesus. Just peace, joy, hope, like just an eternal perspective. Like even today I was working at the gym and 
it's definitely been a harder season, I would say. I mean, I know that's been the case for a lot of people just with what we're dealing with in our world and um, just anything and everything burden-wise right now can feel very heavy. And I'm like, dang, this is all so temporary and compared to the glory that we're going to have one day. Like just thinking of heaven and just thinking of eternal life of Jesus. I cannot, I've only lived 20 years. Like I cannot fathom even a lot of years on earth, let alone eternity. Like I just am so thankful for God's promises and just knowing that there's so much more than what we have right in front of us today. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a tangent, but take it away, Sid. <laughs> no, I love it so much. And as you were talking, Tace, I was just thinking about Wow, just the heaviness um, I think that this question can have for a lot of people. Um, Even personally for me, like thinking about what's the hardest thing about following Jesus. Um, And I would kind of turn that to um, like what what my heart hurts for um, is is the world. Um, and I don't think it's, it's difficult and it's hard. Um, but Jesus doesn't make it harder. Jesus makes it even, I like, don't know how exactly to articulate this. Cause I'm just like speechless with the love and grace of God that like, that's something we can never fully comprehend until heaven, right? Until, um, until we're in eternity, um, living with God and God is with man. And I think just the hardest thing about following Jesus, um, and continually growing my relationship with him each and every day, um, is the enemy and temptation and the lies and the guilt and the shame that the enemy tries to spin in our heads, in our world, in our life. Um, I think that that's one of the hardest things, right? Because we have, we have free will and our, our flesh is so weak, yet the spirit is so strong. Um, and I think that that's just, that speaks so much into this question for me is it, it is so humorous that the enemy is trying so hard to kill, steal, and destroy what God knows is his perfect daughter. Like his, his like glory of creation, like even thinking back to a book I've been reading called Captivating um, by John and Stassi Eldritch. Um, if you have, side note, if you haven't read this book, you have to get it. It has just rocked my world in more ways than one and really has just brought so much more of my heart into my relationship with Jesus um, today. And I don't know when I get into the word and get into, um, prayer and just precious time with my father, 
I just have these heart walls that have been broken down. Um, and going back to the question. So yes, read that book if you haven't. It's so good. Um, I think it's just, it comes down to what the enemy is trying to still kill, steal, kill, and destroy is us and our hearts and our love for Jesus. And the enemy wants to distance himself from us. And there's so much pain and sadness and grief in the world. But the best thing about following Jesus is knowing what that glimpse of eternity will look like. In Revelation, um, I'm going to pull it up right now so I can read it to y'all. Um, in Revelation 21, um, chapter 21, it says, um, I'm just going to, this This is so good, guys. Like, please just open your Bible if you can um, and read this with me. Um, but it's Revelation chapter 21. Um, I'll just start in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice um, from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Wow. I like that right there. That is the best thing about following Jesus. Having having this glimpse and this eternal perspective to look at the world and say, there is pain, there is death, there is mourning, there is tears, there is sadness and grief. Yet, look at what is coming and look at the new thing that that Jesus just encompasses. Like, sitting at the right hand of God the Father is Jesus and we could we will be doing like a whole podcast episode on just, um, you know, why we choose to live a life for Christ and not a little, I can't talk, (laughs) not live a life for ourselves. Um, and I think that that's just a magnificent and powerful gift, um, to know, like, what is coming, um, and what is true, um, today, and I would just encourage you to really just write that verse on your heart, um, it's Revelation 21, 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away, so, that is the best thing. Honestly, Jesus is the best thing about following Jesus. Um, so following Jesus is hard. Um, God didn't promise us a life without storms or trials or tribulations, but he did promise us that he would be with us. And 
he sent his son and that Emmanuel means God with us. So God is with us and that's the best thing. Um, and just knowing that he goes before you and behind you and beside you and all around you and um, that we are anointed and sanctified and set apart as believers um, following him, um, not for our own gain, but for the praise and glory of our father. And then I just think that that's so cool. Um, and I think Tacey have one more thing just on this sweet question. Yes, Sid. Oh, so good. I know I just keep thinking of more things because I'm like, I just love him so much. <laughs> but I also was thinking about one of the best things um, is, okay, well, first, Sid and I got to watch um, Passion City Church's um, com- virtual conference this year on New Year's Eve. And um, there is a sermon by Louis Giglio on how we have a maker. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I did not will myself here. Like human beings were not just willed here out of nothing or out of their own. Like, no, (laughs) God is our creator. God is our maker. And that just brings me so much peace that my purpose is not for myself. Like my life is not of me. My life is not my own, but just the comfort and surrender that comes with that of knowing that God is on the throne and that he is in control of all things. And yes, he gives us talents and gifts and desires that come along with that free will because he, of course, has made us all um, uniquely and individually. So there are so many things that are just unique to me, just unique to Sid, just unique to each and every one of you listening that I get to play a part in what God is doing in my life. And I get to even bring things to him and be like, hey, God, here's an idea. But like knowing that Jesus is the Lord of my life. He is my Lord and my Savior. Not only am I saved um, for from all of my sins, um, but He is the Lord of my life, knowing that I submit to Him and I am not the Lord of my life anymore. Um, that's definitely hard. Like, that's, of course, hard because, again, that tension, that the lies of the enemy come into play with that, that the flesh wants to fight that. But the more... You press in to knowing that Jesus is Lord of your life and just submitting to God your will, but not my will. I just think that um, more joy and just peace and excitement and hope actually come out of that, that we could never fathom ourselves. So I just really encourage all of you listening um, just in recognizing that Jesus is not only our Savior, but our Lord. Um, and I think this goes into the next question said about how we apply consistent or how do we suggest people applying consistency with their spiritual life throughout their work, school, and social lives? Um, and I actually just want to touch on this because this morning, speaking of SMC, like I was talking about earlier, but um, I got to watch one of the live sessions and Pastor JP did an amazing sermon just kind of talking about this and going off of what I was just saying about making Jesus the Lord of our lives. Um, And really, he was just talking about how we cannot pay our way to heaven. We do not work or earn our way to heaven. Um, The ticket is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Like, it is paid in full no matter how good, no matter how bad we think we are or what we have or have not done. We get to receive that free gift. And I think just in receiving that, 
everything shifts, everything changes. And having that heart posture of that gift, not just be, not just being lukewarm of like, okay, yeah, I believe in this, but I'm going to still be the Lord of my life. I'm going to still do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it walking in any way that I desire. Um, I think just submitting to God and being like, okay, God, you're my maker. You have a purpose for me. You promised me heaven. What do you want me to do? Um, and of course there are more practical ways to live that out than, you know, there's things each and every day that we have the choices to make and the things to do, but just in the grand scheme of things, I think that that surrender um, at least helps me with consistency in my spiritual life of knowing that it's not just something that I do on Sundays, but really just a day to day to seek God first um, and just seeking his word, his will. Um, yeah, that just definitely helps me kind of process that question. What do you think, Sid? Um, the first part of this question or what we received from um just the sweet honeybee that sent this in um was just a feeling like you know people go to church or small group bible study um with the intention of continuing to walk with christ outside of that church service or bible study or um ministry event um but sometimes don't follow through um, and I think just going back to the question of how do you suggest people apply consistency with their spiritual life through their work, school, and social lives, um, I really think it comes down to our, our heart posture and motive um, behind those things because ultimately all God wants is our heart and all we have to do is like bring our hearts forth toward him um, and seek him and that relationship will grow. Um, just thinking back to, I'm sure you all have heard this, but you know, if you have a friendship with someone, that friendship's not going to grow unless you're in relation with that person. So thinking about that, um, even with, you know, going to church or ministry events or Bible studies, those are all things that um, are good and God uses um, for his glory and to, you know, grow relationships with fellow believers, um, grow our relationship with him so that we can have a different environment where we're learning about him and worshiping him and those kind of things. But you have to remember, like, what's ultimately ultimate? Like, is going to church ultimately ultimate? Is going to this Bible study ultimately ultimate? Is going to your campus ministry ultimately ultimate? Like, what is your motive behind going? Um, and also, what is your motive behind bringing people? Um, is it is it really to grow the kingdom of God? or is it to grow your social circle that then, um, you know, could become a very prideful place of, hey, I brought eight people to Bible study this week and like saying, oh, I did that. When in reality, pretty sure God did that and made a way for, for you to be a vessel to serve those people um, and really just 
be in closer relationship with them and therefore like glorify your heavenly father. Um, and I think it comes down to um, consistency is something that can be tricky sometimes. Um, kind of like just what I was saying with, okay, if you're making what you're doing, quote unquote, like for God in your head seem like you're doing it with God is different than really just being with God. So, um, I'm sorry if I like lost some of you with that, like circle analogy thingy I did. Um, but to simplify it and I guess to just wrap up this question is what, like how, how are you being intimate with God and how are you spending time with God? Like God doesn't want us to just go to church on Sundays and have that be the only time we're spending time with him. Like God doesn't want us just to go to Bible study on Tuesday nights, just to, just to have that be the only time we're spending time with him. Like God, God wants our hearts. God wants intimacy. Um, it's like, if you're in a friendship, you have an amazing friendship with someone like you'll probably or if like they're your best friend you'll probably see them like just you and them right like not in a whole group of people um not in fellowship so it really comes down to like all of those things are so good but when are you spending time with God um personally and not necessarily with other people um and I guess going back to like the follow through part of that question too. Um, I just hope that you're encouraged that everyone struggles with um, finding a sense of um, like a schedule or things that we think we have to do when in reality, God just wants, again, God just wants our heart. So you know, you don't have to do your quiet time and make it a structured thing every single day at like the exact same time. Like then that might be more ultimate than actually really just spending wholesome time with God. Cause I myself have even got caught up in this of like, oh my gosh, like this is something I like want to do, but then I, I almost take control of it and I don't even end up allowing myself to sit and like listen to God it's all on my own terms like okay I'm gonna sit down at this time every single morning this week and I'm gonna read this book of the Bible and I'm gonna do this study and xyz and I have never given myself a chance in that space to say hey God like what do you have for me this week like what do you want to reveal to my heart this week like what do you want to reveal to the people in my life that are going to speak into me this week like what do I need to hear from you and almost just saying like Sydney like you need to like sit down take a deep breath and like listen to God like I get so caught up in all these things of like oh my gosh I have to be so consistent and I have to fall through on this and this and this and this and like I make these rules up for myself when God's just like Sydney I just need you to sit and like 
be still and know that I am God. Like you are not God of your own life, Sid. Like I've got you. Like I'm, I'm God. Like I raised Jesus from the dead. So you can take a break from your little scheme and plan of trying to do your quiet time to like do all of these things. It's like, just sit with me, daughter. Like, can you just sit with me? And I like to think like, okay, if Jesus was my room right now, would I be like, oh, Jesus, like, I'll talk to you in a second. Like, I have to do my quiet time. And like, yes, it's a good thing. Like, spending time in God's word is a good thing. But it's our motive, our heart posture, our attention, like, intention behind that. Like, if I was like, hey, God, like, hang on one second. Like, I'll listen to you in a minute. I have to go do my quiet time. I'm going to go do this devotional. I have to go do this. Like, I would not do that if Jesus was sitting in my room and the Holy Spirit's in me. So why am I doing that now? Like, anyways, long story short, um, God wants your heart. God ultimately wants intimacy over like devotion. Like he doesn't want you to be devoted to your devotional. He wants intimacy with you. I love it, Sid. That's so good. Um, a verse just popped into my head as you're talking about all of that. Just so much truth that you're sharing. John 17, 3. Um, Jesus is praying um, to God. Yes. And, says, and this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I'm going to say it again. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Um, not earn your way, not do enough devotion, mm-hmm. not A plus B equals C. No, to know Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. And like that just brings me peace again too. Just it can be easy in our flesh to get caught up in performance mentality or striving, even in good things like talk about school, even in spending time with the Lord. Oh my goodness. Even in fellowship and wanting to disciple others. So many things we can get caught up in and it can be deceiving because we're like, well, it's a good thing. And I should, 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 should be doing all these things. But really God's like, Hey, Hey, I just want to know you. Like, I just want to be your friend and your father and walk with you in every single second of your life. And he is, he already is, he's there. But how, like, are we willing to, like, like Sid said, are we willing to listen and are we willing to turn to him or are we just so distracted by everything else that he's there every single step of the way, but we're, we have these blinders on to even him at a lot of times. And mm-hmm. I, I'm talking to myself right now. So like, yeah, you know? well, and there's, there's, I feel like, um, and I know this is going to speak to someone's heart listening because this is something God just brought up in my heart and reminded me of there's been points in time where I felt guilty or like the enemy has like laid this guilt and shame on me for not necessarily like having a really great quiet time or like really great spiritual revelation in the Bible that day that I was like reading God's word. Like, it's so good. We need to get into the word till the word gets into us. Like the Bible is God's gift to us. And so why wouldn't we receive that? And why wouldn't we 
um, use and like really cherish the gift that God's given us. But um, I just want to speak to any shame or guilt that any of you have felt um, like I have when maybe I didn't read my Bible to the best of my performance. I could have that day, but I had a spiritual revelation in in prayer and in intimate time with my father. And to me and to just my, between God and I, like that's the most important thing is like, am I being vulnerable and real and authentic with my father? Or am I just putting on this facade and like kind of faking, faking it till I make it kind of thing. Like that's often a, a, a phrase I hear, um, or have even heard in like sports or whatever. It's just like, well, you just got to like fake it till you kind of make it kind of thing. And God's like, well, if you're faking it, you're never going to make it. And all I want is your heart. And like for my daughters and sons to be vulnerable and real with me, like God knows everything in our lives, past, present, future. Like I already said that, but again, it comes down to like our relationship with him. Like we are created to be relational with each other. So why wouldn't we be relational with our father? And I think even in the world today, um, and I have had a few conversations with people about this um, in just the past month of like the word Christian nowadays is even like so off what it really is. Like I don't, someone could call themselves a Christian. Um, someone could say that they believe in Christ, but it comes down to who is actually following him. Cause there's a difference in believing and following. Um, and it's, it's great to believe in God, but, um, and if that's something that maybe you're struggling with right now, I just encourage you to pray, um, like, Hey God, like what does a life with you look like? And what is, what does that look like? And what things are going to fall away out of my life and what joy and peace are going to be added and like restored to my life because things of the world have fallen away. And like, we are created new and we are new creations in Jesus Christ. And first Corinthians, like talks so much about the old is gone, the new has come. And it goes back to, um, another thing that Casey and I heard at the passion conference is, um, like the harvest is plentiful, like plentiful more than we could imagine, like abundant, fruitful, pure, honorable, just like this fruitfulness of a harvest and, um, the workers are few, like there's so much harvest, but the workers are few because Again, that's a thing, like, who is willing to leave everything they know and drop, like the disciples, like, they dropped everything they knew in their lives. They left their families and um, all of these things that, like, quote, unquote, were their earthly lives, and they stepped into eternity and their eternal lives with Jesus, like, 
they walked with Jesus on earth, which is like crazy. But also we can have that same mindset of like, we get to walk on earth with the Holy Spirit. Like that, like the Holy Spirit lives inside us. Like you receive God as your Lord and Savior and you repent of your sins and you turn around and you leave the world. You turn because, you know, we're usually always facing the world. You turn around, do a 180, repent, say that God is your Lord and Savior, believe that in your heart. You walk towards your Heavenly Father, your Maker, your Creator, the one who has called you to a purpose on earth, and you seek His face, not just His hand. I really think that that comes down to when, and this is like an ongoing conversation that I've been having with God for the past few months, um, and I've loved sharing it with friends, but it was kind of just this like wrestling with, okay, God, like I feel like for a long time in my relationship with Him, I was just like looking and like following God's hand. Like I knew what God's hand looked like. I knew how he walked on earth. I knew the miracles that he had performed. I knew just like the miraculous healing that he's already done in my life and all of these things. I'm like, okay, I, I can recognize God and I know his hand, but like, do I know his face? Like, do I have a real intimate relationship with him? Like when I turn around from the world and when I had that revelation of just hearing God say, like, Sydney, turn around and don't seek my hand. Don't just seek what I'm doing, but seek my face, for you will find favor and your head will be anointed and you will come to a place where your spirit and your heart and your mind will be renewed. Like, the renewing of, of our minds is, is something that only Jesus can do. Um, and only Jesus will continue to do in our lives as we continue to walk with him. And so, um, seek God's face, seek a relationship with him, um, humble yourselves and pray. Um, and that's talked about in, um, so many parts of the Bible is, you know, Jesus walked with this humble obedience that that wasn't self-seeking. Like Jesus was fully man, but fully God. Yet he, he chose every single day to sit on his knees in front of his father and say, God, not my will, but your will. And I think back to, um, the, um, just story in the Bible, um, and great explanation, um, in the gospels right before Jesus is about to be tried and crucified. Um, he takes his disciples up to the Mount of Olives and he goes, um, come with me and, um, watch me. And I'm going to take, take a minute and be with my father and pray. And he gets, he gets on his knees and, um, the Bible so beautifully just creates this picture of, you know, fully God, but fully man, um, and, and surrendering and sitting. And I always think of this when, um, anytime in the Bible, it says like someone fell on their face. It's like, they were wrecked. Like 
fully wrecked by God's presence and the Holy Spirit. Um, and I even think of like, okay, when, when the shepherds saw the angel or like when Mary and Joseph like saw the angel that came to deliver good news to them, like what they may have been feeling and pretty much anytime in the Bible, like someone saw an angel or like spirit of God, um, like there's just like this this reverence and like wonder and awe that like is all consuming that like all those people did and all they could do was like fall on their faces and like fully worship um God and that's what that's what Jesus was doing on um the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane and it really just comes down to um and I'll wrap this up with saying God asked, like Jesus knew, um, God's will for his life. And that was to be the lamb of God, the sacrifice, the one to break all of the chains of sin and death and darkness. Jesus defeated the grave. Jesus rose three days later. Like he beat death. Like the grave is no more. Like there is a life with God, with Jesus right now. And that's something that we can enter into that we don't have to wait. Like it's exactly why it's on earth as in, as in heaven. Like that's exactly what that encompasses. And so, um, I just, the Holy spirit was going right there. So I'm gonna have to, I, we, Casey and I say this every time we're like, okay, that was a boomerang effect. Um, we needed to hear that. We said that, but, um, that was, not only for your hearts, but for our hearts and like a reminder Jesus put on us. Um, and just know like the more you seek God, the more you lean into God, he will lean into you. He will change your heart. He will change your life. You'll be a new creation, fully restored. Um, and that is just such a blessing. And we just say yes and amen to that because God is good and all the time God is good. Yes. And give him a chance like he will. His promises will come to pass. Um, I think that just something um, that was also said at Passion, Passion's just really being brought up, but it was so good, was um, Shelly Giglio was saying, you know, like when new believers can become frustrated with just wanting to see fruit in their life. I know I've been there where I'm like, okay, God, like I want all these desires and temptations gone. I want this, that, and the other. And it's like, that's not exactly how it works. But now just being like, wow, I did lean into him and his promises did come to pass. Like he did fulfill the desires of my heart. He has redeemed and transformed desires so that I could be more in line with his heart. Um, and again, that's something that we have to do each and every day to die to ourselves and seek him. But she said, she was like, I mean, you give the enemy 20 years and you give God two weeks and you're like, ah, oh, this is not working. Like I'm not seeing a change. So I just want to encourage anyone listening to that. Um, if, it, if it has maybe even just in this season has been feeling like, okay, God, what are you doing? Where are you at? Where's the change? Where's the transformation? Where's redemption even just in what the world is going through I just encourage you to just give him a chance because he sees so much 
far beyond um, the now. He sees eternity through. And just knowing that promise can help us be encouraged to just continue to lean into him, even when we don't really see what he sees. So, yeah, Sid, do you want to um, pray out? Yes, I would love to. And before we pray, I just really feel like the Holy Spirit is pushing me to encourage whoever listening, if you're dealing and struggling with um, negative feelings, emotions, um, maybe a lot of just anxiousness and weary and fear, um, that God is with you. Um, And he, no matter how much the enemy tries to make us think God's not near. God is closer than your breath. Like God is with you. And I hope just listening to this right now, um, you just feel the presence and the warmth and the comfort of your heavenly father, because he is not far. He is right with you. Um, I just firmly believe that someone, someone needed to hear that, um, press into God, um, and he will press into you. We, we distance ourselves from God, and that's what the enemy wants, is for us to be taken away from our Father. Um, but God never leaves us. He leaves the 99 to find you um, and and to be close to you. Um, and whatever you're facing, whatever you're struggling with right now, um, know that you're not alone, um, and we're praying for you. And you are so abundantly and creatively loved by your Heavenly Father. Like, God finds new ways each and every day to show you a glimpse of His love and His goodness and His grace for you. Um, And so, I just really want to end today's podcast with saying... Look for the little things, um, because I think that's where God shows up the biggest. Um, And oftentimes we expect God to show up in these big, booming, like hear this big, booming voice from heaven kind of way, when in reality it might just be seeing, you know, sunshine cast through like the cute little plants in your room or driving down the street and um, seeing a family, you know, walking in your neighborhood, being joyful. Um, Or if that's getting a text message from a friend encouraging you in a time of of hardship or um, even looking at yourself in the mirror and not seeing all the things um, you once saw, but seeing yourself as as a daughter of the one true King who created you perfectly and in his image. Um, and as we're recording this, I'm just looking at my mirror now and, um, something a sweet friend, um, really just inspired me to do was get an expo marker and write on your mirror promises that God's put on your heart. Um, and things that remind you of who you are and who God's created you to be because, You are not who the world calls you to be. You are who God calls you to be. 
So things I have on my mirror <laughs> right now as we're recording this is the pursuit of godliness um, and seeking to know my father more and have my heart be more like my father's each and every day. Um, you are beautiful. Um, and I think that that just holds a lot of weight for um, me and my heart and my relationship with the Lord. Um, something funny <laughs> that just reminds me of the humor and joy and lightheartedness of, of God is you got it, dude. Um, and so that's just something that makes me laugh and reminds me that I, I can't get anything from anyone else or anything that I can only get from God. And these are things that, that God brings, um, for his purpose and his restoration and healing in our life. And then last one is you are brave, um, which if you know, my story, um, and I'm hoping to be sharing a little more um, of my story. And um, I know um, Tace and I just have a heart for really just speaking into the lives of our generation and um, what what we've struggled with, what we've walked through, and what God has brought us through. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but know that we love you. You are so loved. Um, you got it, dude. You're brave. You're beautiful. And we just hope that this year is full of pursuing God and um, his His perfect love. Wow, Sid. That was so beautiful. I love it. Oh, thank you, buddy. I love you. Um, what did we say? I was going to call. You're going to hang up? Yes, that sounds great. Amazing. Um, all right, here we go. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we just sink into your presence right now, God. Um, we just give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the worship, God, um, each and every single day um, with every breath we take, God. Um, we're ultimately worshiping you um, as we breathe in and out. Um, that breath is like repeating um, your son's name, Yahweh, um, the savior who was fully man, but fully God who died on the cross. Um, so all of the chains would be broken, um, so that we could live a life with you, um, so that we could be sanctified and set apart. Um, and ultimately, um, have an eternal perspective, God, and, it's, it's not now, um, God, it's from now on. Um, and so as we step into 2021, God, um, as we step into school, um, and schedules and just a new rhythm and routine, God, I just ask that we are able to focus on you and remember what's ultimately ultimate in our life, God, and that's you, Father. Um, God, I just ask that for everyone listening, um, I be blessed this week. Um, by your presence, by your word, by the Holy Spirit, um, and they they walk um, with a humble posture of knowing that you are for them and not against them, God, um, and that you have plans to um, prosper them and protect them, God, and that good things are coming and good things have come, and may blessings um, and courage just be bestowed upon them, God. Um, for you are good and your promises are true, God. 
Um, May we guard our hearts even more walking into this year. Um, May we continue to grow in relationship with you, God, more intimacy, um, more vulnerability, more authenticity, God, um, as we step into your will, God, not our will, um, and humbly surrendering um, things of our flesh to you, God. Um, May the enemy fall at your feet, um, though um, you are good um, and your promises reign true each and every day of our lives. May that be a reminder as we walk upon holy ground and continue to build firm foundations on your love, Father. Um, Your love is action. Um, Your love is ultimately agape love um, that seeks to creatively love each and every one of your daughters, God. Um, We're thankful. We love you and we need you. Um, And it's in your name, I pray. Um, Dear God, I just praise you for your goodness, Lord. Um, God, I just praise you um, for your promises each and every day, God. Lord, I just pray that your spirit of boldness, Lord, would just be upon um, Sid and I, God, and just each and every one listening, Lord, especially this year, God. I just pray for revival and awakening um, in all of our lives this year, God, and just the world this year, Lord. God, I pray that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess and declare you as their Lord and their Savior, God. And I just pray that the believing um, in you would turn into also following you, Lord, um, among all of us listening and among those that are in our lives that um, we desire that we know you as well, Jesus. And I just pray that you would use each and every one of us as a vessel for your name, God. And I just pray that you would remind us of your promises. You would remind us of truth, especially when the lies come flooding in. God, I just pray that we would seek you, Lord. We would seek discernment on which voice we're allowing into our mind, God, and that ultimately yours would reign true, God. And I just pray for peace and joy and comfort and just um, blessings and fellowship and just gifts this season for all of your children. God, we love you and we're so thankful for you and for sending your son and just for this time together, God. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yay. (laughs) We're like speechless. We're like, okay, God was here. That was the Holy Spirit. And Wow, I don't have words. <laughs> we are so excited for this year. Um, more episodes to come. We really are just in awe of God and excited. Um, just based upon the fire, He's just lit under us, and just the encouragement and the ideas. So just stay tuned for more episodes to come, more topics to come, and please send us your prayer requests or any questions that you have. Um, check us out on Honeycomb.podcast on Instagram. So that we can stay in contact with you guys and just be doing this whole thing together. Yes. We love you and we'd love to hear from you. And we hope you have a blessed, safe, and happy new year. Happy 2021. And we can't wait to chat with you in our next episode. Check out our Instagram at honeycomb.podcast for more encouragement and love throughout the week. You are so loved. Can't wait to chat with you soon. Love your honeycomb gals.